Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Happy that you're here. Thank you for your stalwartness. Is that a word, stalwartness? Uh, how about your dependability, your faithfulness, being a part of the MD 2022 family, just seeing life through together in this difficult day. Today, Friday, January 7th, Beatrice, I'm happy you're here, buddy. Happy you're here. Cheryl, thank you for being here and being a part of this. Friday, January 7th, the heavenly invasion. Oh, what a subject today. Let me, let me talk you through real quick here. Let me just talk you through the 21 days. What, how this started. This started in the late summer of 2019. 21 days of prayer and fasting. I went on my personal Facebook page and did a morning devotion. And at the end of 21 days, people said, let's keep doing it. And I'm thinking, well, sure, why not? And I, I was intermittent. We, we started and we stopped. But at the dawn of 2020, 2020, 2020, yeah, you remember that year. <laughs> it's worth repeating. Oh, my. And I uh, just felt impressed. Really felt impressed. We need to keep it going. So glad we've done it. We've hung in there together through pandemic, through panic, and I'm so happy that you're here. Now, in the 21 days, you know, you know, the way this goes is we'll just go 21 days straight. So I know it's a Friday. I know we're here, but we're going to be going through this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday is our prayer service on morning devotion, 7 a.m. And we'll be praying for all the needs, praying for all the churches represented, praying for God to move by his spirit. Today's devotion, devotion, we draw it from the book on prayer. And uh, in this chapter for day five, I talk about one magnificent obsession to put the Lord first, to get lost in him. Duty, as I note, uh, Colleen McCullough said, is an indecent Session that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. During these 21 days, I try to stay close to the devotion that's in the book, but I also look for something complimentary, something that comes alongside. And today, my thought comes from the very last sentence in the devotion I hear divine footsteps. And that's the way I feel. I hear divine footsteps heavenly invasion. And so I hope you sense that today. Charles, April, Kimmy, Carly, I hope you I hope you sense that. A divine invasion into your world. If you've been a part of this for any while, like, share, follow, subscribe, get the word out. The ancient Celtics or Celtics, as some say, believed in thin places where heaven and earth were close together. There's a Celtic saying that says heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in the thin places, that distance is even smaller. I believe morning devotion is a thin place where heaven comes down, a thin place where the veil separating heaven and earth gets lifted, and if one so desires, you can catch a glimpse of another world. God wants to invade our world with angelic chariots and fire. 
God wants to draw near to us, into our daily lives. Rather than a fixed gulf that no man could cross, he longs to narrow the boundary between his world and ours. It's Moses turning aside and seeing a bush on fire, not consumed. It's saying with Jacob of old at Bethel, this is the gate of heaven and I knew it not. It's seeing with Peter, James, and John on Mount Hermon, the glistening, radiant Christ, and realizing we're on the brink of heaven. It's standing waist deep with John the Baptist in the Jordan River and seeing the Spirit descend as a dove upon Jesus and knowing, knowing, there will never be another moment like this in my life. The glory of God pressing into our world. We can hear the thunder of his footsteps. It's a door opening in Revelation 4 and being caught up with John into another world and witnessing what God has prepared for those who love him. It's kneeling with that soldier at the cross and saying, surely this is a son of God. It's traveling into the third heaven with the apostle Paul and seeing things too wonderful for human speech and understanding. It's finding that place, that thin place where two worlds collide. And it's standing in that place and knowing I am the, I'm on the cusp of the brink of another world. This is a heavenly invasion. And Sharon, Kirk, Monica, I want that to happen to each and every one of you. I want you to see it in your lives and your families today. In the Bible days, uh, thin places of a sort could be found. Most spiritual encounters took place at one of two locations, wells or mountains. Always when you're looking at the Bible, pay a special attention to wells and mountains. Hagar discovered God at a well. Eliezer find Rebecca, the promised bride of the promised child at a well. Jesus found the Samaritan woman at a well. I've already mentioned several mountaintop experiences God had with mortal man, Moses, Jacob, Peter, James, John. Thin places where people stand on the edge of heaven. The places where Heaven intrudes in the mortal's life. Or like Elisha, he said, open his eyes that he may see that the mountains are filled with the host of God. All right. it's, too, it's too numerous to itemize. But when we gather in the presence of the Lord, where two or three gather, we invite an invasion of glory. Yes, we do. Worship forms a golden ladder from glory with angels descending and ascending. In that place we find God. You've got places where you find God. Maybe that closet of prayer, the back porch swing, the quiet, secret place here in this, in this group that gathers each morning, normally weekdays. I believe we find him here. We find the body of Christ. We find members of the body of Christ. We encourage one another. But today, if you'd let me, I want to talk about the ultimate thin place where heaven invades. Oh, man. This is so good. I've, I've loved this. It's, it's, it's not a place, it's a placeholder. It's what props open the gates. It's what makes sure the windows of heaven stay open. What is it? It's the love of God. It's divine love. It's God's love that opens heavens. It's God's love that opens hearts. When you sense his nearness, when you get in the dizzying vista of his presence. 
and you behold the heights and the depths and the riches and the treasuries, and you find that love that Paul said that is without dimensions and beyond our comprehension, then you draw water from the deep wells of salvation. You stand on the mountaintop. You're in the thin place of a relationship purchased by no greater than love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. I, I prayed about it this morning. I, I found an odd verse, just an odd verse of scripture. And I think this verse brings us into that heavenly invasion. There, there's an unnamed woman in scripture. She's the object of a, the affection of a king in disguise, royalty incognito. She said, upon realizing that this shepherd was really King Solomon, she said in Song of Solomon 7.10, I am my lovers. I'm all he wants. I'm all this world to him. What a verse. You see the Song of Solomon's in the opening verses. It's called the Song of Songs, suggesting it's more than Solomon's song. That son of David he introduces us to the true son of David, our Lord and Savior. And it's more than a story of a Shulamite shepherd girl. It's the anthem of Christ's love for his bride, the church. The book opens when it's sheep shearing season. What's hard to say? I had to slow down on that one. When the young King Solomon makes his way northward to inspect vineyards and flocks, like his dad, David, he must have enjoyed the time away from the palace. The kingly robes, along with all the heavy authority, lay back in Jerusalem and now in the robes of a common shepherd. The son of David, Solomon, moves amongst the flocks and vineyards and he spies this young Shulamite shepherdess. She's watching over her brother's flocks. She'd probably never had occasion to see the king before. She didn't know who he was. Just a stranger in a shepherd's garb showed up. And before the first chapter is over, of course, you know, they've fallen in love. In chapter two, well, it gets even, it gets even farther and farther. They're beneath the fragrant boughs of an old apple tree and they're whispering and dreaming. And like the initials carved and etched through the years in trees, they, they fashion their future together. Solomon disappears at the end of that chapter, but he does so with a cry saying, come away. Come away, come away. The wedding will take place at the end of chapter three when the procession comes for the bride and what a procession it was. It was a torch lit parade with 60 armed men leading it. It's probably when the Shulamite shepherdess realizes my fiance is the king. But the true procession had already taken place when the king disguised fell in love with the shepherdess. You see, divine love is a heavenly invasion. It's the thin place that changes our lives. You read the story of the shepherdess, you'll find she was cruelly treated by her brothers. But the king's love changed her view of herself. That's what the king's love will do. And that's when she says, toward the end of the love story, I am my lover's. I am all he wants. I'm all this world to him. And that's why you and I, morning devotion, family, we can say with confidence, had we been the only person alive, he would have still come. 
he would have still died. We are all this world to him. You're not, you're not junk. This is not a sentimental story. It's the divine romance. It shows when heaven took initiative and drew near to us, when God came close. My pastor used to love to say this. He left the regions where the rivers never freeze, the winds never blow, frost never bites, flower never fades, where there's no undertakers, no doctors needed, because no one's ever sick, where graveyards never haunt, death never comes, and no funerals are ever conducted. We read in Colossians that great is the mystery of godliness, but the mystery is not a what, it's not a who done it. The mystery is a why. Why did God manifest himself in flesh? Why did heaven invade the earth? Why did he come? And the only answer is love. Can I tell you, for God so loved the world that he gave, that you and I, the only way we're going to get through this season is if we get enveloped in the love of God and we say, God, you're going to get us through and you're going to get my family through. Estella, he's going to get your family through. Tiffany, he's going to get you and your family through. He's going to see you through because there was a day he broke through. He invaded our world. He invaded our lives. I'm all he wants. I'm all he wants. That Shulamite found a new identity. She found a new sense of belonging. She was not property. She was not servant. She was not the kid's sister to mistreat. No, she was all the king wanted. He could have chosen it, but he chose me. Could have had a pick of any of the daughters of Israel, even the queen of Sheba, if he wanted, but he selected me. He chose you. Deborah, he chose you. Sue, Winnie, he chose you. Penny, Zane, he chose you. There's a little boy walking through town. He saw a Sign on a shop that hadn't been there the day before. It said puppies for sale. And he asked the owner, he said, how much are you going to sell puppies for? And the store owner said, well, anywhere from 30 to $50. And the boy reached in his pocket and pulled out some change and counted it out. So all I've got is $2.37. The owner smiled. The boy said, can I take a look at him? The store owner whistled and out of the kennel came his pet. And behind her followed five tiny balls of fur just bouncing along. But one puppy was lagging considerably behind. And immediately this little boy singled out that lagging, limping puppy and asked, what's wrong with that little dog? The store owner explained that the vet had examined the puppy and said it had a bad, malformed hip and it would always limp. It would always struggle to walk, much less run. It was just a damaged little puppy. The little boy became animated. He became so excited and enthused and said, well, that's the puppy that I want to buy. And the store owner was mystified. He said, no, no, you, you don't want to buy that little dog. I mean, if you really want that dog, I, I, I'll just give him to you. There's no need to pay me for that dog. But the little boy grew quite animated, quite upset. He looked straight in the store owner's eyes and he pointed his finger at the little dog. He said, I don't want you to give that dog 
to me? No, because that little dog is worth every bit as much as all of the other healthy dogs. And I'm going to pay full price for that little dog. In fact, I'm going to give you my $2.37 now. And if you'll agree, I'll bring you back 50 cents every month until I pay for that little dog. The store owner countered and said, son, you, you really don't want to buy this little dog. He's never going to be able to run. He's never going to be able to jump. He's never going to be able to fetch. He'll never play with you like these other puppies could. And to the owner's surprise, the little boy reached down, rolled up his pant leg to reveal a badly twisted, crippled left leg supported by a big metal brace. And the boy looked up at the store owner and softly replied, Sir, I don't run well myself. And the little puppy We'll need somebody who understands. Our Lord led with a limp. The Bible said he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Made in the likeness of sinful flesh. He became one of us. Yeah. He understands us. I am my lovers. I'm all he wants. I'm all this world to him. If you would say that every day and many times a day and for many days, maybe you'll believe it. Because all sin is rooted in the fact that we don't believe God loves us. We don't believe he's been fair to us. But when you begin to realize who he is and what he's done and how much he loves, the thin place becomes accessible. And the drum beats of doom will give way to a melody. You'll be not dependent on the company or the praise of others. You'll sense Emmanuel. You'll not worry about others' criticism because the Lord pulled you out of the miry clay. You'll, you'll move from a feeling that you should pray to an obsession with prayer. You'll live with the growing awareness that the Heavenly Father not only loves you, He likes you. You'll quit comparing yourself to everybody else. You'll know each day and throughout the day that Jesus is watching over you. And He's doing so with infinite tenderness. He's, you're the apple of His eye. Don't let your weaknesses, don't let your temptations, don't let your trials cause you to run from God, run to God. He's not the God who's afar off. He's the God who's near. He's the one who can truly say, I've been there. I've dealt with that. You need to say with the shepherdess, I'm all this world to him. To me and to all who pursue the Lord, the thinnest place in the universe is revealed at Calvary. When heaven invaded our world, didn't have to. He could have said no. In fact, we read that he could have called, how does that song called? 10,000 angels. But he opened not his mouth. Oh, how he loves you and me. There's an unusually named church here in Houston, St. Maximilian Colby Catholic Church. It's named after Polish priest Maximilian Colby. Along with other Polish intellectuals, dissenters, Colby had been rounded up, sent to Auschwitz in the Second World War. And there he met a man named 
Franciszek Gyonadek. I think I said that right. Yeah. When Colby heard that this man was to be executed, he stepped forward to the commandant and he said, take me instead. That man has wife, has children. I'm all alone. Take me instead. And to everybody's surprise, the commandant accepted the offer. And when that church was built here in Houston to that man's memory, a 90-year-old man was at the dedication, the very man whose life had been spared. Our life was spared by a heavenly invasion, by a love that passes understanding. Heaven is reaching for you. Prayer should not be a task. It should be simply saying yes. And soon, you'll start saying, I am my lovers. I'm all he wants. I'm all this world to him. Yeah. I was on the phone yesterday afternoon with one of, the, one of our ministers, another state. He may be watching right now. He told me that others are sharing what I'm sensing in the mouth of two or three witnesses, that we're believing in this 21 days that this raging storm that's lasted nearly two years will pass through this land with only a mild impact on people's lives. And this scourge will be over. This pestilence, this pandemic will be over. I'm believing at the end of 21 days, we're going to say heaven invaded and heaven cleared the land, and we're going to see a great awakening. I believe that. I believe that. I want you, I want you all, I, I've been looking out the side and just seeing some of the prayer requests and seeing you encourage one another. I just encourage you to be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't fall by the wayside. Don't, if you can't, March with the infantry. You're not going to be able to run with the horses. We're, I hear the thundering hoofbeats of the approaching apocalyptic horses. They're coming. I can hear it. I can feel it reverberating. Hold strong. Be strong. Encourage one another. Let's hang in here together. Let's be what the Lord would have us to be to one another. You matter. You matter to God. He invaded this world just for you. So I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Saturday, we're going 21 straight days straight through. Lord, help us. We're going to do that. And uh, also Sunday morning, we'll be doing a prayer at 7 a.m. Plenty of time for you to pray and then go to your church service and see some good things. Those of you that are still interested in the Holy Land, James told me that we had two more staterooms booked, a week in the Holy Land, a week on the Mediterranean visiting some ancient sites, and uh, you'll have a good time. There it is. James Bailey's name is in the description. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being who you are. We're going to see some good things happen this day, this hour. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow morning, Saturday morning, and may the Lord be with you. Deborah, Glory, Kim, Jose, go. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, 
please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.